You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Sisters, we've been talking about the aspect of anger in terms of the disease of the heart and some of the uh, causes of the anger and what can drive anger. And as it's such a big topic, uh, the Imam has given due consideration in his book and therefore we're giving due consideration by spending another khutbah on it. There's an inward and outward state in every human soul with an inward being Iman, the condition of faith, and outward being Islam, the manifestation of pra- or practice of the faith. When the two are, uh, come together inwardly and outwardly, the resulting balance is a truly beautiful human being, one generally called a muhsin, one whose worship and character are excellent. This is the taker of the straight path and what we will all strive for uh, and petition God for each time we stand in prayer. According to Ibn Taymiyyah, Muslims can deviate by way of ghadab or by way of rahmah. They go the way of hair-splitting, they go the way of the hair-splitting tyrannical scholar, or the way of the ignorant worshipper, as in extreme Sufism, which concludes that all is one and everybody is going to paradise, regardless of one's creed, one's disfigurement of God's invocations, and one's outright fabrications about God and His nature. So again, the point is saying that the extremes are the issue, not the fact that somebody is a scholar or that somebody chooses to solve, but the extremes is what we have to be aware of. <coughs> The balance is to cling outwardly to the law and carry out the spirit of Sufism inwardly, which is the advice of Imam al-Shafi. When Muslims deal with one another, they should incline towards clemency and mercy, not wrath and severity. Allah says that the former is closer to uh, taqwa, uh, God-consciousness, uh, as mentioned in Surah Maida. It is a more elevated act to reprieve than, to, uh, than it is to exact justice. Imam Raghib uh, al-Isfahani said, when love exists, there is no need for justice. What he means by this is that when, there's, when, there, when love is present and is allowed to override one's anger, the demand for retribution is quieted. If you were to look at the emotions behind the first major trial of the Islamic community after the passing away of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, there was a deviation from the spirit and love and cooperation. Muawiyah demanded justice for the murder of Uthman, but Ali ibn uh, Abi Talib, who had great wisdom, demanded forgiveness because he saw that the demand for retribution would rip the nation apart. Muslims, however, maintain a good opinion of Muawiyah. We believe the intention uh, of, of various Sahaba uh, are through their own ishtihad and they never intended to cause harm. Uh, Ali, Ali's position, according to many Muslim historians and scholars, was actually the higher level of Islam, which is rahmah and mercy. The cardinal virtues originally stem from religion. A generous person gives from his wealth to others because he is not afraid of losing his power or wealth. He knows all power and wealth are from Allah. All further virtues emanate from the cardinal virtues or, or matrices of virtue. Mercy, for example, issues from wisdom, hikmah, since forgiving someone when you are wronged requires a recognition of the greater wisdom in remission and the greater good in clemency. Anger, ghadab, remains an essential quality of the human creation. The human brain is said to be a, uh, be a triune brain because it has three dimensions and dominant centers. The observation of the brain is, is not uh, modern, for Imam Ghazali mentioned it. The lowest brain is known as the R-brain, reptilian according to the evolutionary scheme of things, which is associated with appetite, mainly for food and sex. The midbrain is where the emotions are centered, which includes anger. The third portion of the brain is known uh, as the new brain or the new cortex, where uh, the rational faculty resides. When these three centers function properly in proportion to one another, the human being is said to be functioning in equilibrium. Such persons are stable and immediately likable. There are people who are entirely cerebral. Everything is theoretical or abstract to them. 
their rational center suppresses their emotions residing in the brain and its physical need in the R stem. And there are people who work mainly for the so-called reptilian centers, impervious to protocol, higher ethics, and a civil association with things. It's not unusual to hear someone likening another's behavior to that of a snake, a kind of slinking predator, entirely selfish and wholly tenacious in acquiring his desires. Then there are people who are overly emotional. They are either very happy or very angry, the latter of which is the more common emotion. There are basically four reasons why people get angry. One is related to primal needs, such as food, shelter, and life. When this is threatened, a normal person feels vulnerable and responds with anger. If someone threatens one's life or family, the person needs to respond. This anger is not blameworthy. If humans were incapable of response, we would have a society indifferent to crime and transgression. This would spell doom for human civilization. This is part of the wisdom behind the Quranic commandment to enjoin what is right and forbid what is evil. And all we have to do is go back to the US elections that just uh, passed upon us. A lot of people behaved because of fear uh, or behaving out of anger because their emotions had been stirred. Because they, what they listened to or what, uh, what they were told they believed was correct. That is a separate issue. But the point was their response was in relation to what they heard and believed in. In the same way when we hear about Assyrian children that uh, were gassed, we feel it in our heart. We feel a degree of anger because of how wide were innocent people harmed or who could do this. The point is, is because we were influenced by what we saw and what we were told. By extension, the criminals who committed that crime, they may not feel the same emotion we do. They may just see it as they're being cerebral, they're doing their job. So again, we see this interaction of the different levels of human emotion and when it comes to the interaction that we have between people and civilizations, whether it's between different nations or within the same nation. The second reason is related to position, dignity and protecting one's honor. Human beings are born with sensors that detect when others try to belittle them or when they are the object of content and scorn. The other side of this is when people view themselves with uh, hubris and uh, manufacture delusions of grandeur. They grow angry when they interpret normal and acceptable behavior towards them as, uh, as beneath their dignity. The third cause of anger is related to specific people and their particular sense of values. If, for example, a scholar sees that a book is being abused, he will become angry. An illiterate farm uh, hand may not be vexed about the abuse of a book, though he may curse a man who breaks a pitchfork. Finally, the fourth uh, cause is ghira, commonly translated as jealousy. The Prophet ﷺ said he himself had jealousy in the sense of guarding and protecting something important to him. God has placed jealousy as part of human nature. If men did not have jealousy for their women, relationships would fall into dissolution. It's then natural for a man to have a protective sense of jealousy regarding his wife as long as it is not expressed in the form of oppressing her, which unfortunately happens uh, a lot of the time. Respected brothers, these four uh, reasons for anger should be understood because often things will fall into these four categories, but it's the excessiveness uh, that determines when a person's behavior is irrational. The context is often lost. Therefore, let me give the wisdom to understand and appreciate the, to keep things in balance and to understand why Allah has created the way he has so that we may channel our emotions for the right things and to better make ourselves individually and collectively as better Muslims. في قولي هذا أستقلي ولكم سائل المسلمين إنه غفور رحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والأصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر with regard to those causes of anger, Imam Ghazali says the first one, which <coughs> the material needs, is healthy if not taken to an extreme, in which case a person steals from another in order to secure his food and shelter. The second one, related to dignity, is also healthy 
with a similar caveat of avoiding two extremes, haughtiness and abject humiliation. The Prophet says, the believer, the believer does not humiliate himself. He humbles himself, but he does not humiliate himself. There is a difference. According to Sidi Ahmad Zarouq, if ignorant people say something disparaging that does not relate to religion, then ignore it. One should not grow angry when there is no benefit in doing so. God the Exalted commanded the Prophet when faced with the discourse of ignorant people. In Surah 73, be patient with what they say and then part with them graciously. The Prophet praised a man named Abu Damdam who never became angry when people spoke ill of him. For one, when one speaks ill of uh, another, the speaker not only acquires misdeeds, but his own good deeds get transferred to the account of the victim. And we should just start on the treatment of anger and continue if Allah gives us uh, the opportunity to do so in due khutbah. As for anger as a disease of the heart, Imam Maulud says there are two cures. One of them removes anger when it comes and the second suppresses or thwarts it. The first cure is to remember the extensive praise and goodness associated with forbearance and humility. Sidi Ahmad Zarouq contends that the main reason people become angry is because they, are, because they are filled with themselves. Their egos get in the way. In their persecution of the Prophet ﷺ, the Quraysh mocked him like children. But the Prophet ﷺ did not become angry. The ethic promoted here is simply letting go. Not allowing insult to penetrate one and one manipulates one's emotion. It's about keeping control, feeling secure. One should remember how much humility and forbearance are praised by the best of uh, those who praise. That is Allah the Exalted. When a maker of the heavens and the earth commands a certain behavior or disposition, race to attain it. Humility for, uh, and forbearance are praised in poetry and by all the different sages, even outside the religion of Islam. The Prophet ﷺ said that God elevates a person who is humble for the sake of Allah, but who tries to exalt himself, uh, God debases him. The Prophet ﷺ was the most fear-bearing, a forbearing and forgiving of people. All the Prophets were characterized by these qualities. None was known to be arrogant and easily angered. My respected brothers and sisters, uh, anger is one of the biggest vices. Experience it. Why is it that when, we know, when, when someone's angry, we, we try to stay away from them? Not because they're necessarily harming themselves, but because the harm they can cause to yourself and the, the filth that might come from their mouth or their hands is something that does not appeal to anybody's heart. But at the same time, if you have no anger at all and at the time we show anger, then you have to question whether the vertebrate that Allah gave us is serving a purpose or not. May Allah make it easy for us to understand and appreciate the importance of anger in terms of controlling it, but also how to show it and the way to show it when it is appropriate. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.